Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. And I want to just take your attention, if I can, for a moment. And, and for those, please, you may need to take notes. Uh, just jot them down. I'm going to race through a number of Bible verses this morning. And I know some of you really like that. Some of you who may not like the, uh, as many notes, well, you just listen to me and you can listen to the podcast again. But in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus, um, for the first few chapters of Matthew, he starts to lay some foundational words to his listeners. And he's trying to help them to understand uh, what life it consists of and how we can navigate our way through this life while still keeping our centre in Jesus. And the conclusion of these words are found in Matthew 7, verse 24 and 25. And it says this, Jesus said, these words I speak to you, they're not incidental additions to your life, uh, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. No, they are foundational words. Just tap the neighbor next to you and say, foundational words. Foundational words. Then listen to this, words to build a life on. If you're here for the first time or the third time or trying to make sense of your life, if you've been a Christian for years and years and years, this message is for everybody today because this is a, 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 a in, in essence, God is trying to help us to build something in our, into our lives that we can build upon. Now this series uh, called Don't Forget is a foundational series and we've titled it Don't Forget because it's so easy to forget. This morning, uh, I did this. Wallet, yes. Phone, yes. Flies, yes. Um, <laughs> anybody know what I'm talking about, blokes? You've got to check the flies, okay? Um, you know, and, and, and nose is clean. Clippers has all been done because I'm at that kind of age now where I'm having to do those things. You know, uh, uh, shoes are, are polished because somebody once told me that you must make sure that your shoes are not dirty and uh, they must look clean because they say something about you. Can I hear a big amen? And um, some of you aren't sure about that, but anyway. Um, so I, I had to make sure that I didn't forget these, these things. And today I want to talk about the thought of don't forget worship. Don't forget worship. Now you may say, well, why do we need to do that? We do that every Sunday. No, 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 no. We, we, we often forget worship. And this runs from Genesis through to Revelation because actually the love that Dave spoke about from God, this reckless love, is he was trying to get mankind's attention because the point is this, they kept forgetting God. They kept forgetting God. You know, it was God who parted the Red Sea and took them through on dry ground. It was God who did amazing miracles. It was God who fed them in the, in the desert for 40 years. It was God who overcame giants on their behalf. It was God who did all this. And in that moment of miracle, they celebrated, but then they forgot. They lost the wonder of worship. They forgot to worship God. And it's so easy for us to do exactly the same. To the point where God, in Exodus in chapter 20, said these words. We know it as the Ten Commandments. He says, I am the Lord your God. And I brought you out of Egypt. I brought you out of slavery. And then he says, 
Verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. Verse 4. You shall not make, make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven uh, above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. And you shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I am the Lord your God and I am a jealous God. Here we see God saying to the people, you shall have no other gods but me. I'm wanting to be the B capital G God of your life. I don't want these other things to be around your world. Now you may say, some of you, well that's Old Testament. And we're now in a new covenant, those who've been in church for a long time. We're now in a new covenant. We're in a new era, we're in a new realm. Well, let me just say what Jesus said then about this. Because Jesus summed up the surrender in worship when he was asked a legitimate legal question. And this is all around worshipping surrender. Sorry, my headline under this is worshipping surrender. There's an essence in which worship is about surrendering to God. In Matthew 22, verse 36 to 38, Jesus, a question comes to Jesus and they say, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, this is in the New Testament, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. You see, in the Old Testament, God was saying, you shall have no other gods but me. And now Jesus in the New Testament is saying, listen, the way that you can honour me, the way that you can live out your life, and the best way to live your life is to love God with all. Everybody say all. With all your soul, with all your heart, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. See, God speaks into a surrendered heart of worship and Jesus is now speaking into a fully surrendered heart of worship. And we need to hear this, church. Arena needs to hear this. And I need to hear this because this is the point. Whatever occupies and consumes our thoughts, our images, our dreams, our words and our works, you're actually worshipping. I want to tell you about something that I began to worship just a couple of weeks ago, just for 30 minutes until I just pulled my heart back into line because there was a couple from Ulster and uh, uh, Northern Ireland and, uh, bad accent I know, but there we go. And uh, they, they won, was it 114 million? Anybody see it? On the Euro millions. Give me a wave if you saw it. I don't play the lottery. I've never played the lottery. I've never been in a bookies, actually. That, that's just, there's many things I have done, but that's not one of the things I have done. Um, but for 30 minutes in the shower, I started to worship. I started to worship, guys, about all the good that I could do with this money, which made me feel better. But then I started to worship about all the places I could go. I started thinking about all the things we could buy. I started to think, think about the cars that I could drive. Brum, brum. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I began to just worship until I had to pull my heart back into line justice. You see, it's so easy without us even realising it. We start to worship other things. I'm not talking about we make a carved image, but in our hearts and in our minds and in our spirits, we begin to worship other things other than God. It may be that relationship. It may be that career. It may be that car. It may be that ministry. I know many, many pastor friends. They worship the ministry way more than they worship God. 
And I can talk like this because there's been occasions that's where my heart was. You need to know it's not at the moment. My heart is fully surrendered and centered on God. Because he says, you shall have no other gods but me. And I'm wanting you to love me, not the ministry, not the church. He wants us to love the church. But he wants us to love him with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, with all of our minds. This is the worship in surrender. And unfortunately, it's not a message that many of us really want to hear. But it's fact. I love what Paul says just before we move on to the second point. Because I do just need to put it out there. And I didn't know whether I was going to put it into my notes. But I feel compelled to do so. Because there's a, a man by the name of Paul who has a young protege in the name of Timothy. And they were both great church workers. And of course, Paul was the father. And he's trying to download as much information to his son in the faith as he could. In 2 Timothy 3, verse 2, Paul starts to outline the kind of world that we live in. And actually, this was 1st century, we're now in 21st century, and nothing's changed. Because he says, people will be lovers of themselves. They'll be lovers of money. They'll be boastful, they'll be proud, they'll be abusive, they'll be disobedient to their parents. Kids, listen to me, it's very important that we're obedient to our parents. We can be ungrateful and unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. You see here, we see it's a heart issue. It's always a heart issue. The worship in surrender because Paul outlined three things that people get occupied with. They become lovers of themselves. They're narcissists. I'm sorry if you're one of these that do it. They're like the selfie culture. Can I ask you, stop it. Lovers of themselves. Listen, I don't want to look a mess. You may say, well, you could have done better, but you have to have a word with my wife. I don't want to look a mess. I actually quite like clothes. You may say, really? Well, I do actually. But there's a difference between that and forever looking in a mirror. I'm just saying. And particularly some of the younger guys, you know, stop looking in the mirrors at yourselves. God says you're beautiful. You just need to have beauty on the inside and let it flow out of you and not be thinking like, I've got to have the applause of everybody else. Secondly, lovers of money. I've realized that people are occupied with money. And guess what? Those who've got money, it's never enough. It's never enough. And people are always wanting more. And thirdly, lovers of pleasure. I remember when I first came here, there was a nightclub just over the thing. It was called what? Christie's. Well, I don't know what it was. Anyway, if you know the slang, that's fine. I remember it being as Christie's over there. There was a lot of hedonism, I'm sure, that happened. Over there, lovers of pleasure. Let me just say, God is wanting to say to us, please have no other gods but me. Love me with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. He wants to be first, front and central in your life. 
You know, there's a lot that says in the Old Testament, God constantly says to the people of God, return to me, wake up, come back. And all I want to say in this is, some of you here, you need to quit trying, quit, quit fighting and quit running and just surrender to God in this service. I'll say that again. Some of you need to quit trying to get to God. You'll never be good enough. He loves you just as you are. Some of you need to quit running because you've been scarping and trying to get away from him. You never will. He's omnipresent. He fills everything in every way. And some of you need to quit fighting. You'll never beat God. Just surrender. Just surrender to him. But also, not just worshiping surrender, but worshiping our service. Worship not in the service here, but in what we do. Romans 12, verse 1 to 2 in the message says it like this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. I want you to take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering, as worship. You see, our sleeping, our eating, our walking, our working are actually worship to God. Someone once said this, work becomes worship when you dedicate it to God and perform it with an awareness of his presence. Colossians 3 verse 22, again Paul writes to the church and he says, Slaves, you must always obey your earthly masters and try to please them at all times and not just when you think they are watching. Honour the Lord and serve your masters with your whole heart. Do your work willingly as though you were serving the Lord himself and not just your earthly master. I remember reading these words many, many years ago as a young guy growing up. Because I, if there's ever a time or if there's ever a person who's tempted to cut corners, it's me. If I could find an, I used to be like this. If I could find an easier way, if I could find a... I'd do it. If I could get out of something, just manoeuvre, I'd do it. My parents aren't here today, even to the point of washing the pots. It was always mine and my brother's job to wash and wipe the pots because we didn't have dishwashers. Give me a wave if you know what I'm talking about. You're of that generation. Okay. They're pampered now, the kids, aren't they? Dishwashers and all the rest of it. Come on, Eleanor. When you get home, you're washing the pots and wiping them and putting them away. Who thinks that's a good idea? <laughs> she's amazing she does all, all, all of those things to help she really does but here's my point it's funny I always needed to go to the toilet straight after after uh, food it's just it just I just and it was it was just it just used to I, I've, I'm sorry Lee you, you crack on and I'll and I'll do what I need to do I'm having a bit of fun with you, but listen to us. Some of us have lived our lives, working lives like this. Cut corners, trying to get out of things. Listen to me, we need to understand that our worship, our, our service is worship to God. This is what the Bible says. So when we're doing something, it's so we're doing it as unto the Lord. So that means to say that I need to make sure I'm doing a good job. Even if I can't stand that boss. Because I'm worshipping God with my work. That is why it's very difficult actually for me. I'm sure there's occasions when I do miss things. 
I'm not just saying it, we did it this morning, walking in, Di was just ahead of us, and there was a can uh, that had been splattered on the car park, I picked it up, Isaac picked the other bit of rubbish up, because I'm trying to lay a foundation in, in our kids, and just pick the rubbish up and put it in the bin, because I can't, I can't help, because I know God's eyes on me, because if I see rubbish, and, I walk, and I've seen it, and I walk away, I feel like, honestly, I feel the conviction of God on me. And it's not because I, I don't like things untidy, actually. But it's just, I know it's worship to God. Some of you may say, you're going a bit extreme. No, I don't, actually. I think this is, these are things that attract blessing from God. And when we work, we work as unto the Lord. And we bring our lives, our eating, our sleeping, our everyday living, and we bring it before God. That is why I do like a tidy car. I don't want trash in my car. I want to make sure it's clean. I want to make sure the boot is clean. I want to make sure that my work for the boss is good. And not just, oh, it's good enough for this. Is it good enough for the Lord? That is why we have a culture of excellence. Now, excellence doesn't mean that everything goes perfect and everything's, but even in the midst of what we're trying to do and the guys, we try to do it the best we can with what we've got. It's been challenging. But this is excellence, worship to God. Not just, oh, it'll do. Are you hearing me this morning? I know it's a bit tough. I hope I'm making some, but it's not just about singing songs or worship. No, worship is about surrender. Worship is about our service to God. That is why we want to encourage everybody here in Arena Church to get on a serving team. Why is it, thank you? Why is that? Because we know that you're worshipping. Or otherwise you're not worshipping. You're just attending. And we want everybody worshipping. Worshipping God with all that we are. Worshipping with our surrendered heart. But thirdly, Worship in passionate song. Worship in passionate song. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down and underline it. Worship in passionate song. Now, some of you say, oh, this is great because I love the worship. I love it when Adam's boom, 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 and Kath, and the drummers. Why do the drummers always get a bad press? I want to say, guys, you're amazing, you guys. We're trying to get a drum booth in place. We're trying to get a drum booth in place. We know the sound levels and whatever, but listen to me, we, they, do, they, do, they do great. And you may say, oh, this is my bag now. I like this. No, listen to me. I want to just say some things about worship and passionate song because we can easily forget. You see, we express our worship through our surrendered heart and through you know, our service, but we also do it in songs and in adoration. Now, I want to talk to you about the raw... R-A-W of worship. And I want, you to, I want to talk to you about the raw, R-O-A-R of worship. Have you got that? I want you to talk about raw worship and I want to talk about the raw. Can we do that together? The raw, raw. Oh, flipping it. You're useless, you guys. Because I honestly believe with all my heart that we've got something to step into in arena. And I'm not, our, our worship is great. But I do feel very challenged that God's saying to you, come on, I'm wanting raw worship. Where you come and even if you don't feel like it, you rawly present your heart before God. Am I speaking to anybody here today? When you don't feel like it, that is the time to bring raw worship to God. 
the best thing I can do is not run away from God. It's run to God in raw worship. And we see pictures running through the Bible around this. But also there needs to be the roar of worship. The roar of worship. Now I've got two scarves here. It's just an example. Just bear with me for a moment. But on the terraces of our local football teams, and please forgive me if you're an Ilson uh, town fan, because I didn't include them in this. I went for more of the bigger clubs, so please don't smack me afterwards. But, uh, <laughs> but on the terraces of two cities that straddle our towns, Nottingham and Derby, there were songs that were being sung. There was worship, the, an adoration that was pouring out in a stadium towards players. It was raw and it was raw. I think there was a little bit more raw in Derby than there was in Forest. Because Derby County won 2-1. And over their stadiums, please don't get offended if you're a Forest uh, fan because I'm going to get to you in a minute. But there would have been people with their scarves held high you know, do it all when, particularly when the second one went in, way, and when the final whistle came, way, there was the raw worship to the club and the roar of worship. Let's not concentrate, Elliot, for a moment on the loss, because there's many times we're believing, aren't we? Our clubs, they're both going to get there. Can we, can we believe for that? Come on, Derby fans. Come on, believe for Forrest. Forrest, believe for Derby. Come on, do it in Jesus' name. Allow that reconciliation to flow in Jesus' name. Some of you need healing and wholeness brought to you. What is happening here? Here we've got the Forrest scarf. Oh, we've got a few more. And when the win... Yeah, there's raw worship. There's the raw worship. Oh, there's some hands going up now. There's more of an appeal here. I feel there's more faith in the house. Raw worship to God. Raw and raw praises. I know it's a bit daft, but it's true. And my club, if I can say, when we go to, when I took our Isaac Cup, it was slightly disappointing because we missed the opening few minutes I'm a Liverpool fan, please don't hold that against me. But the song that we sing is by Jerry and the Pacemakers. Because we're cultured. When you walk through a storm, hold your up high. I'm telling you, it just goes. And the Liverpool fans are just, it's wonderful. I can see you Man United fans now scowling at me calling curses down on me at this moment. I'm just saying, there's raw and raw. Now listen to me. Some of you have no interest in football. But you like music. My mum told me when she went to a Beatles concert in the, would have been the 60s, all sorts of crazy stuff was happening in there. People rushing forward, ah, screaming, if I can say this very respectfully, underwear flying around. <laughs> Lord Jesus, please purify that thought. <laughs> I don't know what your bag is, but there is time of rawness and a raw. And 
sometimes it's not in the church. If you want quiet here in arena, you're not going to get it. You're just not going to get it. Because we believe in raw worship and the roar of worship. We have a culture of passion and praise to God. And it's birthed in the scriptures. Psalm 100 verse 2 and verse 4. It says, worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. His courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Psalm 109 verse 30. The message, my mouth's full of great praise for God. Listen, I'm singing his hallelujahs surrounded by crowds. I love, I thought I'd get a big amen there. Surrounded by crowds. And then there's a picture of heaven. I looked again in Revelation 7 and I saw a huge crowd, too huge to count. Everyone was there, all nations and tribes. Can I hear a big amen for that? All colours, all races, all languages. And they were standing and they were dressed in white robes and they were waving palm branches. Standing before the throne and the Lamb and heartily singing. And they crowd out in a loud voice, salvation to our God on his throne, salvation to the Lamb. This is a picture of heaven. This is a picture of heaven in this moment. Of people worshipping God. Raw worship and the raw of worship. And I love the fact that we have multi-generational people here. There's some people that are not here today. They're at our other campus. They put headphones on because it's too loud for them. And then there's, we have a whole load of youngsters who love jumping up and down. And there's just that mixture. And then we've got blacks and whites and Filipinos and Asians. And we've got people from Ilkeston. And we've got some transplants from Mansfield as well here. Got people from Nottingham and Derby all coming together and worshipping God. Can I hear a big amen? Worshipping Him, praising Him, giving honor, adoration and honour to His name. Roar of worship and raw worship. And honestly, I just don't think we've stepped into all that God has for us. Josh encouraged us. I love, I love that story as well, where David says he was dancing before the Lord and his wife says, you're undignified. He says, you think that's undignified? I'll become even more undignified. You talk about raw worship and the roar of worship. That boy knew how to dance. He was a bit like me and justice. Is that all right, justice? It's like me. I've got to put, because I'm pretty on a par with you actually, mate, in terms of moves. I just... This boy can move, I'm telling you. He's got moves like Jagger and McCartney. And I'm just encouraging us to bring it before God. I have no idea what time, time is. I'm trying to just be mindful of it because I don't know what time I started. But if I can just say this just in conclusion, because there's something that I want to just get to. We need to embrace the new thing of God in passionate song. I've got something called Spotify on my phone. I pay a subscription and I'm able to listen to lots of music. I've got quite an eclectic um, song list. I love jazz. Anybody here like jazz? 
I love a bit of Sinatra. I've got you under my skin. I've got you deep in the heart of me. So deep in my heart that you are really a part of me. I've got you. Don't mute me. <laughs> if you're going to clap me, come on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm going to pay for that later from my kids. But anyway. Anybody here like you too? I love you too. Simple minds. Don't you forget about me. Carrie, don't look like that. And then I've got some new country. I've got an eclectic mix. And when I get in the car, I want to put my phone on. I want to play my playlist. And now the kids say to me, no, dad, we want to put ours on. And they've said to me, you're becoming old. Eleanor, Isaac and Lilia, because they're into this thing called hip hop. I didn't say a new hip and a drinker pop. I said hip hop. (laughs) But here's the point. I'm starting to enjoy some of it. Some of it's rubbish, but some of it I quite like. And it's like the thing with God. Seriously, there's a new sound. There's a new song. With new words. And as long as it's worship to God, what do we care? You know, there's some pipe organ stuff that all it is is a guy who just wants to play his pipe organ. There's no worship to God. He's just showing off how good he is. Is that worship to God? I don't think so. So please don't then start saying if a guy is on a DJ deck, and by the way, I'm not talking about introducing them, but I know a church in Holland got 2,000 people, of people of all ages, of all cultures, worshipping God, and it's done by a single deck. Worship. And these guys are worshipping God. There's a new thing that God is wanting to do. Let's not be people who say, oh, I don't like that. Because by the way, I like amazing grace. I like greatest thy faithfulness. I like, oh, the blood of Jesus. I love those hymns. And by the way, I love Darlene. Shout to the Lord. It's always on my playlist. But it's 25 years old. There's a new sound. There's a new song. There is a rising up. If I can say to some of you worship guys, where you are, write new songs. Let a new song arise in your heart. Let's, let there be a new song and a new sound that arises from arena of worship and adoration and praise to God. As we do that, there's two things that will happen. There's two things that will happen. As we praise and as we worship, there will be a breakthrough. Praise will bring a breakthrough. The more we will learn to praise in the difficult times, the more the breakthrough will come and it will be powerful. Every move of God has always been as a result of worship and strong preaching. Worship has been at the centre. The strong word has been at the centre every single time. And I'm believing that if we're going to touch the masses around Ilkeston, there needs to be a roar and a roar of worship that arises from our hearts that will bring a breakthrough. And the breakthrough comes, as I say, in the difficult times. In Acts chapter 16, we see Paul and Silas. 
They've been thrashed, they've been beat up, they've been put in chains and they've done nothing wrong. And some of you feel like you've been beat up, you've been thrashed, you've been put in chains and you did nothing wrong. It's all part of what God's doing to perfect us and to bring a breakthrough. And they were in the prison in Acts chapter 16. I don't know who decided, whether it's Paul or Silas, but they decided about midnight they were going to start singing some songs to God. And they began to praise. Do you think they felt like it? With all the blood and all the sores and all the infection and all the damp and starving. They're not, they've been mistreated, guys. And they began to praise God. You know, some of us would be, well, God, why am I here? Why have you put me here? What have I done wrong? All I'm doing is serving you. This is not fair. This is not right. Does it sound familiar? But they chose a different way. They chose to worship God. They chose to praise God. And it brought a breakthrough. Read it in Acts chapter 16. It says there was about midnight as they began to praise. An earthquake happened. Their chains was released and they were set free. Praise will always bring a breakthrough. Some of you are going to have some difficulties this year. Nice word, isn't it? It's just inevitable with a few hundred people. Don't run away from God, run to God. Put the, put the Spotify on. Put the tape on, put the CD on. Allow your spirit to just connect to God again. Come on Sundays. A breakthrough will come. But secondly, as we praise God in song, I believe what happens is there's a connection between the praise and the sinner. Praise is in the sinner. I want to just read these verses to you. Psalm 145, verse 7. The fame of your goodness spreads across the country. Your righteousness is on everyone's lips. God is all mercy and grace, not quick to anger. He's rich in love. God is good to one and all. Everything he does is suffused with grace. Listen, verse 10 and 11. Creation and creatures applaud you, God. Your holy people bless you. They talk about the glories of your rule. They exclaim over your splendor. Verse 12. Letting the world know of your power for good. The lavish splendor of your kingdom. I think there's something about the praises of God that draws the sinners of God into his kingdom. I believe there's a direct, direct correlation. I believe in the power of the word to convict people. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. But I really believe that the true praises of God draws those who are in unbelief to the magnific- magnificence and the reality of a living father. We've had people here who've been weeping in his presence and you don't know why it's God. While worship has been happening. And there's something about the praises of God on the people of God, people of God's lips and sinners returning. It's all outward focus. You know, we think it's God, we have a great time. But as we uplift his name, what does the Bible say? As I am lifted up, I will what? Draw all men unto yourself. The worship of passionate song brings breakthrough and draws those who are far away into this wonderful kingdom that we belong to. May I just say this, may our lives personally and in Arena Church, Ilkeston, be marked by worship in our surrender and service. And may we passionately, exuberantly, unapologetically, and at times sacrificially praise and worship God.
because in doing so, we know our heart is freed, breakthrough happens, and sinners are saved. Don't forget. Come, let us adore him. Come, let us adore him. I wonder if the guys would just join me. Can we just for a moment just bow your hearts very gently?